Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. two readings this morning, friends. The first from the Old Testament, the second from the New. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. And it says, Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the prophets, all the people both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant. And then from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 25, Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, You believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, You also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, 
who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. Two things stick out to me from this reading from 1 Peter. Bless you. The first is that as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. The second thing that stands out to me is knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Now, with apologies to Peter, I've always, when I've read those verses, thought that they were in the wrong order, at least in the way that I tend to think about things. Because, friends, I think that first, we have to know and believe that we have been saved or ransomed from our futile lives we lived before Christ. And it is then that we believe or can believe that we need to make as a goal for our lives, living lives that are holy. Now, I do not want you guys to think that I am some uh, one-trick pony up here, but these words remind me of the very same thing we talked about last weekend on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, that God loves us, that sin divides us, Jesus saves us, so then how do you respond? Friends, you and I together proclaimed on Christmas Eve that to us and for us is born a Savior. you guys remember that? Let's do it again. Say it with me. To me. No, to me. And for me is born a Savior. Say amen if you believe that. So if we believe that, friends, then the next step that we talked about on Christmas Day was how do we respond? How do we respond to the greatest gift ever given? Part of that response that we talked about depends upon where you are in your walk with Jesus. That response is to investigate Jesus. That response is to receive Jesus. And that response is also to behold Jesus. All three of these responses, whether it is to investigate Jesus, receive Jesus, or behold Jesus, requires us to be in our Bibles, to have an active prayer life, to participate in small groups, to read devotions, to attend worship, to repent of those things we shouldn't be involved in, and to be in service to our community. And as you and I start this new year together, as we engage in this covenant renewal service, perhaps a question has made its way into your minds as you read over the liturgy or as you made your way into the sanctuary this morning. That question is, why? Why is a service like this even necessary? Why is this needed? Well, first, friends, I think it is part of the response to the gift that we have been given. 
I think there is something powerful about gathering with our brothers and sisters for a time of reflection and rededication, particularly where we can have Holy Communion together, which we'll do here in just a little bit. But more than that, friends, I know that I personally need the reminder. I need to place myself in front of that mirror and be shown that ways where I have not been fully immersed in the Holy Spirit so that my thoughts, my words, and my actions revolve and reveal the God that made me, saved me, and loves me. I have to ask myself and answer honestly, am I holy in all of my conduct? But before I can be holy in all of my conduct, I have to be right in my heart. Because what's important and rules in our hearts affects everything we do on the outside, doesn't it? And we'll make sacrifices and do things based on what we find to be important. What's in our hearts, friends, feeds our minds and then affects our actions. I want to give you a rather silly example. Now, in 2018, I was blessed enough to take a trip to the Holy Land. And we were told to pack and wear comfortable clothes as we would be doing a lot of walking. Well, for me, comfortable clothes means T-shirts. And as you can imagine, all of those T-shirts were Carolina T-shirts. In fact, it was kind of a running joke each morning as our little group gathered for breakfast each and every morning. What kind of Carolina shirt is he going to be wearing today? Now, the trip also took place in that first week in February, and as we all know, that first week of February is always when the first Duke Carolina basketball games play. The hotel we were staying in just outside of Jerusalem had a bar, and in that bar were a number of televisions. Israel is about seven hours ahead of where we are here in the Eastern Time Zone, which meant that that 9 p.m. tip-off in Chapel Hill was taking place at 4 a.m. in Jerusalem. Now, I am not a morning person, but even after visiting holy sites for an entire day in the sun, being dog tired, I set my alarm for 3 a.m. to get up, shower, and go downstairs to see if the game would be on one of the televisions in that bar. And before I went down, though, just to be safe, I used Google Translate to make sure that just in case the bartender did not speak English, that in Hebrew, I could ask him, do you have the Carolina Duke game on television? So I go down by myself in a foreign country to a bar with folks that I could not communicate with at 4 a.m., in order to watch a basketball game, or try to watch, because even though I asked him in both English and Hebrew and showed him the text on my phone, he shook his head and said, no. Maybe he was a state fan, I don't know. But why did I do that? Because in my heart, it was important. And it fed my mind to do that very thing, and obviously it affected 
my actions. Now, I'm sure that everybody in here, those watching at home, have similar situations. Times in your life where what you thought was important in your heart fed your mind and affected your actions. Well, friends, today is the day where we recalibrate all of them. Today is the day where we clean it up. Today is the day where we reorganize our priorities. Today is the day we set our hearts, our minds, and actions to reflect a holy response to the gift of our Savior. John Wesley uses the phrase inward and outward holiness to emphasize the essential link between heart holiness and holy living. <coughs> Excuse me. In his notes on 1 Peter 1, verse 15, which again says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. John Wesley says, Perfection is another name for universal holiness, inward and outward righteousness, holiness of life arising from holiness of heart. God works in us to produce this inward and outward holiness. The Holy Spirit strengthens our will so as to produce every good desire, whether relating to our tempers, words, or actions, to inward and outward holiness. He goes on to say that no dimension of life, from our attitudes and sexuality to our use of money and care of the earth, falls outside the scope of holy living. We are to have the mind of Christ, walking just as Jesus walked. Friends, do we have the mind of Christ walking just as Jesus walked? This is what we commit ourselves to today. Now, before you say, well, that's just too hard for me to do, know this. It's not about us or our efforts. Our holiness isn't improved by our efforts, but our efforts are the result of our sanctification. It's about the indwelling Holy Spirit and our own spiritual growth as we turn more and more of our lives over to Him. Our hope is not set on our own efforts or our own strength, but instead on the grace given to us by God. My study Bible says this, that these, these commandments of holy living flow from knowing that you were ransomed. And what precious value is this grace? The precious blood of Christ excuse me, like that of a lamb, makes silver or gold seem like rubbish. We have been ransomed by the imperishable blood of Christ, which affords us eternal life, and eternal life is just what it says it is, eternal. Therefore, the entire set of instructions to holiness and love is the rhythm of Christian living. Having been redeemed, we are free to live a life of glad obedience. This is our true joy. Having been loved so well, our delight is to love and obey in return. We are not loved because we obey. We obey because we are loved. Today, friends, again, we commit ourselves to having the mind of Christ walking as Jesus walked. Heart, holiness, and holy living. Hearts and minds so full, so immersed, so saturated with the Holy Spirit so focused on love of God and neighbor that every thought that goes through our minds, every word that comes out of our mouths, every action we take with our bodies reflects the one that made, saved, and loves us. 
We commit this morning to a change in us brought about by the Holy Spirit. When we are renewed after the image of God in righteousness and true holiness, when, again in the words of Wesley, love of the world is changed into the love of God, pride changed into humility, hatred, envy, and malice changed into a sincere, tender love for all mankind, our lives characterized by a continual longing for the word of God as a newborn longs for her mother's milk, that they may grow in faith, love, and holiness unto the full stature of Christ. My dear friend, that's what I want for all of us in 2023. That we grow in faith, love, and holiness, having the mind of Christ, walking as Jesus walked. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.